Hi, I'm Irene Yanku, and this is my podcast. I have spent my entire career in dentistry learning. Learning about new technology, techniques to better my clinical skills, and now I'm a practice owner and leader. In life as a learner, I've noticed my truest love for learning has not been about teeth or what material is best to use for a core buildup. It's been learning about people in our dental community. The educators, scientists, clinicians, business owners, and advocates, their stories, their lives, their why, and their what's next. Getting to know them as humans, identifying how they work, what their rituals are, while highlighting them as the true trailblazers in dentistry. And that's what I do here on the show. So hold on to your suction. It's about to get slippery here on the Tooth or Dare podcast. on did not enjoy the fact that there was a woman high up really and made her life a living hell no way um and i remember this recently because there's been a lot of turmoil going on in iran so it's brought back memories um but she was in jail every other day welcome back peeps to another episode of the tooth or dare podcast peeps with your peep irene how would you describe the difference between Sonicare versus oscillating, rotating toothbrushes? All right. So big, um, big ask. A big, big question. Ask, yeah, big yeah. ask. <laughs> big um, ask. The question that I get often in social media, too. All right. So um, the technology, when we're looking at what um, a toothbrush does to disrupt that biofilm, we're looking at two things. We're looking at the frequency, how fast that toothbrush is moving, as well as the amplitude. How much coverage is it, uh, surface coverage is it covering? So oscillating, uh, rotating, pulsating so is... Describe, describe to the viewers at home the... the the visual aspect of what you're seeing with the two types of technology. Okay. So describe to them what, what does Philips do versus what do other people do? Right. Yeah. So that oscillating, pulsating um, moves very fast yeah. and it's moving kind of like this. Right. But it's covering a very specific spot. Yeah. So very technique dependent. Mm. Whereas with a Sonicare, it's that really wide amplitude. So it's making a really, really big sweep and it's moving really, really fast. Yeah. So that combination together gives us something which is exclusive to that technology called dynamic fluid action. So it's oh. actually creating fluid movement in the oral cavity. It's creating disruption of biofilm two to four millimeters beyond the brush because of that fluid movement, that disruption. You're recording this episode live at... Where am I? I'm not at Chicago Midwinter. I'm not at Greater New York. I'm in Toronto at ODA at the Phillips booth recording some fun podcasts with friends because I'm local. Yay. Hi, Tina. Hi. Those of you that remember Tina Mavrinakis, she was on our podcast a while ago. I'll link the, the link below to watch the first episode, which was we were actually just talking about it, but COVID time, kind of pre-COVID, yeah. mid-COVID time. Um, but we've never done the full, like, get to know Tina episode. I want to do that one. Can we do that one? Sure. Because, you know, I really don't know much about you in your younger years. No. Although, like, <laughs> <laughs> we hang out. You mean just a couple years ago. Oh, right, younger right. Because she's, she's yeah. 14. I'm 14. Yeah. <laughs> um, take me back. Take All me right. back to, like, birth. birth. Birth is a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but I'm... 
the second child. I have an older brother and um, grew up quite Would you grow up in Toronto? Friendly. Were you born in Toronto? No, I was not born in Toronto. I was born in Iran, um, in Tehran. And um, I lived there until um, there was a revolution in Iran and we had to leave. So we left when I was five. I went to the UK. So I grew up in the UK and moved to Canada when I was 15. Do you remember moving? Do you remember what... Yeah, I do. What do you remember about... Because you're that similar story with me. Like, yeah. Romania was a communist country. My parents right. left during that, like, fall of communism. Mm-hmm. I don't remember much. What do you remember? I do. I, I remember quite a bit because it was, you know, it wasn't a simple leave the country. There was war that happened and there was a lot of trauma, um, family trauma. So you kind of remember that. I don't, it's, interestingly enough, it's not... I don't have PTSD about it. It's <laughs> <laughs> Says who? <laughs> Too true. I'd like to see Too that true. therapist report, please, and thank you. <laughs> well, I'm in denial about it. How's that? Um, and I think it was just a, a, it was a communal situation. Everyone was going through yeah. it. So um, it wasn't happening to me specifically. Um, but I do, I do remember it. And, I, um, you know, we... It was a family thing, so that's why I think I don't necessarily have personal trauma about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then the move, was that like an easy move? Was that, or was that... I don't think any moves that, like I that mean, are easy. Yeah, right. Um, as a child, yeah, pretty when easy. You're five, you're like, cool, we're yeah. going to go play with toys somewhere exactly. else. Exactly. But for my parents, I, when I think back now to what they had to go through at different stages of their lives, I think, oh, God, they were way... way more resilient yeah. than I would be today. Oh yeah, um, and I don't know if that's how old just were your parents? Of, like young thirties, uh, twenties? Yeah. No, thirties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my brother's older than me, so um, yeah, they would have been. They're young parents. Yeah, but they would have been in their thirties. Um, Mine were in their twenties. Like, yeah, dad gosh. was twenty-eight, mom was twenty-seven. Yeah, and can you imagine, like. Right? And then like starting war, all over war, again. Yeah, like literally like military troops up and down the mm-hmm. streets with like guns and tanks and things. And you're it's like, crazy. cool. So I have a baby yes. at 27. I'm going to like flee a country mm-hmm. illegally mm-hmm. <laughs> and like find a new life with no money. Like and I build could again. not yeah. imagine. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's horrific. And, you know, they had really amazing jobs and that was one of the things my mom was pretty high up in the national oil company and um the new regime that came on did not enjoy the fact that there was a woman high up really and made her life a living hell no way um and i remember this recently because there's been a lot of turmoil going on in iran so it brought back memories um but she was in jail every other day no we laugh about it now because they would show up to her office and arrest her for some random reason take her to jail my dad would have to go check her out basically Stop. yeah <laughs> what would they do to her there nothing just like interrogate her, hold her? her yeah hold her um and it was always some guy who was working under her who had complaint about something and about that's like an immediate to jail to jail it's not like a let's let's reach out to <laughs> hr and see if we can see if right? we can figure out how to chat about this it's like let's send the girl to jail yeah wow so and i'm i'm assuming it's not a, like a white collar uh, jail with like cushy beds, I, I like it's not where like tax right? evaders are going. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't it's, know. It's I'd like a cold cell in probably, Iran in probably the yeah eighties, yeah seventies, eighties, yeah. 
and um, there were no so linens with high thread count. <laughs> no. No. no, no. But I guess the, the the high point is she's never spent the night. Oh, okay. There. So she, she didn't have to like, deal with the pillows. No, no, she was always in a holding cell, Jeez. basically. And my dad would have to show up and go. I mean, it, they just took the country back to That's archaic, crazy. you know, prehistoric yeah. women's rights, non-existent type right. situation. Um, so, so yeah. I mean, they had to leave everything and start from scratch. And um, when did you like? There's like a few years when mm-hmm. you're like a teenager and stuff where like this stuff is just like it becomes the story. Yes. So like you know you tell people, but there's no like emotional connection to it because you don't understand. Like you don't have the emotional intelligence to understand like mm-hmm. the struggle at the time. Yes. I don't. I remember like my like moment where I really started to understand my parents as humans and mm-hmm. like the struggle. Like when do you remember when that happened to you? Or did you always have, like, that emotional... And I feel like you're way more emotionally intelligent than I am. Like, let's be honest. I think that's why we're friends. I I say something stupid, and you're like, Irene, that was insensitive. But, like, why? When? How? I I think I've always had that. I think I was... Did you always feel it? Yeah. Yeah, I think I've always sort of... um, I'm a rule follower, and I, I like... Yeah, yeah. I, Order, I see, checklists, yeah. Tr- spreadsheets, colored all pens, that. all of that, Highlighters, right? Notebooks. Yeah. So, um, so to me, it's it's kind of like rules and stuff like that comes with obligation, and mm. I've always felt obligation, even as a child, and not in a bad way. I think obligation kind of sets you straight. Sure. Also makes you very boring, but. <laughs> That's a different story. If you ask someone (laughs) that's way more boring, then you're like the most exciting one in the room. Like if you were to meet, I don't know, who do I know that's like a pretty boring person, but like fun human. Um, Oh my God, I can vision his name right now. I wouldn't be. Let's I not wouldn't say be calling it. people. Let's not say it. No, no, no. But I feel like he would be like, yeah, she's the coolest, but he is also like pretty boring. Yeah. 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 So, um... So that that's my that's young days. So okay, yeah. so then you moved to England. Yes. And then what? Um, so we lived in the UK um, just because I have family in the UK, and it was sort of the, yeah, the yeah. one that made sense to go yeah. to. But um, well, you're starting fresh. It's nice right. to have a familiar face. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, but then eventually, it was it was sort of Canada had a lot more to offer sure. um, for the future and whatnot. And ultimately, my parents were making all these decisions for us. So um, we moved to Canada. That was a harder move because at that How stage, I was 15. You? No way. And moving when you're 15, huh. not so much fun because, no. you know, you have your friends. And I was angry about it. And it was like, I'm never going to find Did friends. Did you have an accent? Yes, I did. You had a British accent? I did. And you lost it? I did. Damn. when you're 15, you want to fit in. Yeah. So. so did you have an accent w- when you moved at five or not a little? Or you must have a little bit. No, because I went to um, an English immersion school. Oh, okay. So you spoke in, a little in English. Iran, so Got I spoke it. full English. So it was, yeah, language was never an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So then yeah. you lost your accent. I oh. did. I know that's I not did. the most interesting thing about you. <laughs> Or at all, but I just—I've never had a friend with an English accent. Damn, <laughs> darn it! Go back. <laughs> it used to and be, and then Canada, and then Canada. So yeah. Teenage years, teenage years in Canada, um, and yeah, high school. So you base okay. I'm f- flipping forward here because yeah. I know the story. So you basically moved to Canada and met your now husband like, at the same time. Exactly. 
exactly. So I went into so going back to the English accent. Oh my god. So I went to high school. Yeah. And um, it was he'll tell you grade ten, Doctor uh, Mr. Black's geography class. No we way. sat next to each other, and he kept poking fun because your accent. Oh, say this, say that. Exactly. No way. And that's how we met. Stop. Yeah. And I used to think he was the most annoying person on earth. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how all good love stories start. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> so you basically were fresh off the boat and yeah. then immediately met your husband. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, so we were friends for years and yeah. then, yeah, got together and... And now you've got two beautiful boys. Yeah, we do. Who are amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. What do I want? Where do, where do <laughs> I want to go with this? See, this is the hard part as a podcaster when you interview your friends because you're like, mm, I know stuff. Do I say stuff and like, right. or do I not say stuff? I think I will, but okay. I think um, that's what the edit I floor think was that's for. That's what the edit is for. <laughs> yeah, that's why we work so hard for this video. <laughs> so that it's um, okay. So dental hygiene. Mm-hmm. Where? So you're a restorative dental hygienist I now. I am. You also lived in Alberta. I, I never lived in nev- Alberta. You just practiced I in Alberta. Practiced in Alberta for eight years. Uh, while living in Toronto. So let's, my nose is running for some reason. Let's, let's go to hygiene. Mm-hmm. So what made you want to become a dental hygienist? So um, I think I, I mentioned this in our last chat. Um, so I had a fabulous dental hygienist growing up. And she would always have stories about her travels. Every time, you know, once every six months you showed up in there. And um, she would have albums of her travels and she would take like ridiculously amazing trips so I remember thinking well I want to do this (laughs) this is the best job on earth because you get to pick your hours you get to travel you get paid well Um, it's not you know the ultimate level of responsibility as far as like because you don't you're not a practice owner sure Yet. Yeah, in hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> so you get yeah. to kind of, once you leave work, leave work. This was all sort of the ideal situation in my head. Um, so went into dental hygiene. Wh- or at the time, we had to be a dental assistant. So mm. went into dental assisting school. Um, while I was in dental assisting school at George Brown, we assisted the restorative students. So, so restored, when was this? What year was this? So this was nineteen ninety six. Okay. Five, so six, yeah. Restorative was around that long oh, yeah. ago. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is. That there are so many other things that we can't do as dental hygienists, but restorative right? has been around for as long as practice ownership almost. I guess 2000s. Longer, longer yeah. Longer, 2000s longer. was practice ownership. Yeah, way longer. That is insane. So. Okay, I digress. And I was just blown away by what these hygienists were learning to do. And this is new. This is. This is students you're yeah. blown away i was blown away by the four-hour restorative exactly <laughs> exactly because 25 <laughs> minutes trying to get a rubber dam on <laughs> well it was that or the four-hour hygiene appointment oh my gosh right right the two-hour head and neck exam exactly Jeez louise so at that time like i i think it was the first day of clinic i decided i want to do that yeah. so i went at the time debbie daniels ran the um restorative program at george okay. brown she also did some clinical teaching for assistants, but I became her shadow. Oh. I was everywhere she went. I was obsessed, you know, about how I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. So, went into dental hygiene, basic, well, you had to work in between. Um, I worked for seven months as a dental, as- as a dental assistant. Didn't love that. Yeah. Um, went into hygiene. 
did hygiene and then technically you're supposed to work a year again between hygiene yeah. and restorative but I think I the obsession and me being around for so long you were imprinted I was like <laughs> so I got a phone call in July yeah saying we have a spot that opened up do you want to start in August so cool and so I started and went into restorative so I always say I'm the worst hygienist on earth because I've never really fully practiced hygiene I mean you do you kind of yeah I've, I've done more hygiene right. in the past five years than I did in the first 20 years yeah that's so cool mm-hmm. it's so interesting that you kind of like you observe someone do something once you're like this is it yeah where it takes people a whole lifetime to figure out what they actually want right? to do yeah, yeah. Interesting. That must have been ch- one impressive ch- student. Ch- yeah, <laughs> she must have done the best. Fil- it must have been me. <laughs> it must have reincarnated. Been. <laughs> um, th- yeah, that. So that's interesting because you like mentioned earlier about you're like a f- rule follower and a mm-hmm. checklister. Mm-hmm. Like, so you never really diverged from the plan. The no. plan was the plan, and you just yeah stuck with it. The plan came late, but when it came, it was like the yeah. light bulb went off. This is what I was. So then how did you end up practicing in Alberta? Like, so and, and what does that scope of practice look mm-hmm. like in Alberta versus what you Ontario. could do here? Yeah. So I, when I was in restorative school, I was working part-time as a hygienist. So one of the offices, um, I worked in two main offices that were regular. The rest were very temp, sort of day here, day there. So one of the offices that I worked at said, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing. As soon as you're done restorative, you're going to work for us. Mm-hmm. The other office I worked at said, oh, that sounds really bizarre. You're never going to use that here. No way. I said, OK, right. good enough. Yeah. I'm just working as a hygienist. Well, fast forward, the office who was fully committed, um, I think I worked as a restorative hygienist maybe twice, and it just never took off. Really? And the office that What do you think said, that was that caused that? Um, I think it all depends on how you introduce it to the patient base. Mm. Um, so I remember the first set of fillings that I was doing. There was I looked up at some point and there was like four heads like this like over the operatory. And patients feel that because they're like, is this something weird? What's is happening? New, yeah. Is this new? Is this her first time? Exactly. So was it the dentist? Who was it that was staring it was, over you? It was the hygienists. It was the, the front desk people. It was the assistants. Like, what's it, like what um, were they looking at? It's just another person doing fillings. Right. It was an older practice. Mm. So patients were a lot older as well. Um, the staff who worked there had been there for 20 some odd years. And I was this 20 year old right. girl who arrived. They'd never heard of a restorative hygienist. And here I am doing fillings. Right. So it just didn't mesh with yeah. their um practice yeah whereas the other practice younger guy um really innovative really wanted to kind of always better what was offered to the patients and whatnot and i guess he was at a stage where he was looking to hire an associate right um so slowly he started to ask me questions as i was in school and um realized well, maybe this would be better because I still get to control what happens to my patients, what and treatment still they're makes getting. most of the production. Exactly. Right. Um, and so we slowly started talking about it ta- more whatnot. And um, so when I finished school, my uncle needed a whole lot of fillings. Yeah. So I went to um, my boss and said, listen, I know you said you're never going to try this, but I knew he was interested because he yeah, was yeah, like yeah. asking me a lot of questions. I said, my uncle needs a whole bunch of fillings. You get to be his dentist if I get to do the fillings. Oh. And he was like, okay. So we did that, and that was it. 
That was the start. That was the start. He thought it was brilliant. Um, he's very good at entrusting you and empowering you, which goes a long way when you're new as well. Yeah. Didn't question my stuff and just made it as if, matter of fact, we've been doing this forever to the patients. Yeah. It wasn't this big to do about, oh my God, what's going to happen next? Yeah. Right? Um, and, and that was it. We started one day a week. Pretty quickly, it became full time. And um, I've never looked back. So I still That's work cool. with the same guy. It's 25 years. Um, he grew his practices. Is so this Matt? Yeah. Matt. So he. What's up, Matt? <laughs> um, he started sort of increasing practices. He yeah. had. And, right. you know, went across the country, Alberta being one of the provinces that is there restorative in Alberta I was the first one registered no way yeah, so they have it but they didn't really have it when, yeah. so when I called the college they were like yeah we see it here you can register as one yeah but we don't really have one on the roster so That's so cool and yeah it was well since then though we have sent probably four of our hygienists back to school at George Brown they did restorative and now they're back in, in Alberta. Alberta doing restorative so cool Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like a super underutilized designation for hygienists. Agreed. And like, there aren't many that talk about it aloud. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like you have to know someone or follow someone on social media. But then mm -hmm. a lot of restorative hygienists, I don't, I don't see many posting cases like docs right. do, you know. Right. Um, I'm trying, but that's yeah. always, you know, tough. So it's this thing. It's like people are doing it. There's thousands of us. Mm -hmm. Um, but mm -hmm. it's just this interesting gap in yeah. public knowledge speaking about it. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen any courses ever written for restorative hygienists. Mm -hmm. So whenever I go to a course, I'm among the docs. Yes. But I get the cheaper price because I yes. get to be the team exactly. member. It's like doctor exactly. or other. I'm like, other. other. <laughs> $200 off. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I think that that's changing. I think that with more of us like being public about mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. that's changing quite a bit. And and for the better, I mean, there's it's not competition. I think no. that's what like a lot of docs feel that it's going to be this competition mm -hmm. that like someone else is going to do the restos. But it's it's a collaborative yeah. effort. I think that's where. And we I need honestly to think do it. think it comes down to your patient base. You still have more control over them than if you right. have an associate that you've just handed off your patient right. base to, right? Right, right. You're prepping. You're, you're, prepping. you're making that you're first. You're deciding the treatment. Right. You're deciding that first yeah. First step. Yeah. That's true. Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, cool. Well, so, so as far as um, what d things you can do differently yeah. in Alberta. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, for anyone that's listening to this, know that like we're not part of the College of Dental no. Hygienists of Alberta <laughs> or Ontario. So, like, this is complete anecdotal stuff. And, uh, like, you know, don't just run and pick up a handpiece. Like, I encourage no, you to look, don't. look at the scope <laughs> of practice or, like, ask us personally. But, yes. Uh, what are, well, like, so the big difference big is differences. Um, in Alberta, hygienists can give local. local. And that makes a huge difference in the restorative practice and the hygiene practice. Yeah. Um, so, that was something that I had to, I had taken local before because there was talks of it coming to Ontario. So, I went to Michigan. Um, university did local it never really panned never. out in Ontario yet yeah um, but then in Alberta I went back to school again and did the, the local and so in Alberta I could give local but then I would be on the next flight to Toronto and I had to think uh Wait, what, where yeah, no, 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 can't give local yeah um, so that I think Alberta is definitely a lot more um, Lot liberal, liberal um, in certain ways, and then 
not in certain other ways. But the scope of practice definitely supports like independent hygiene better as well. Mm-hmm. Um, with x-rays. Yeah, with diagnosis, prescription, Prescription, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just, oh, so. I could do a whole episode on like the the need for unity. Yes, it um, would be nice. It would yeah, be very nice. For sure. To have the scope of practice that's universal. Yeah. yeah, well. I mean, we're not a huge country, population-wise. <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I think we should leave this part one, getting to know Tina, and then in part two, I want us to go back to the smile room, because yeah. a lot's changed for you in the smile yes. room. Um, so let's do that. All right. You cool with that? All right, cool. stay tuned for part two, peeps, with Tina Mavernakis. Um, I'll catch you on the flip side. Peace out. Peace. <laughs> Oh, hi. So you made it all the way to the end. Thank you for sticking around. And I hope you enjoyed this episode, found it informative, entertaining, and of course, as per usual, find me hilarious. If you liked what you heard, it would really mean a lot to me if you could show your support by liking, commenting, or sharing this episode with a friend or family member. Your feedback and engagement helped me get on the mic today, and it would also improve our future shows and reach more people who maybe could benefit from our content as well. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to my podcast on your favorite platform or on YouTube. Follow along on this crazy journey with me at toothlife.irene and at toothordare.podcast on Instagram and Twitter. That way you'll be the first to know when episodes are released and you won't miss a beat. I appreciate your support and look forward to bringing you more great episodes in the future. From my team to yours, thanks again for listening and I'll catch you on the flip side.